Hello and welcome to the Headache Doctor podcast. I'm Dr. Taves and it's my mission to empower everyone with headaches and migraines to break free from a life of fear and dependence and thrive in everything you do. In today's podcast, we are going to be talking about how to know if your son or daughter is presenting with migraines. Now, the reason that this is a question, and you might be thinking, well, wouldn't it be obvious if my son or daughter has migraines? That's not often the case. So what I run into in the clinic or just talking to people outside of the clinic is that their son or daughter, and what I'm describing is a child or an adolescent, the child that can't necessarily describe what they're feeling. And this is the the primary issue when a child is describing how they feel off or they don't feel well, or maybe they don't even say anything, but they just, they, they don't look like they're in the same mood, the same sort of, they don't have the same energy that you're used to seeing. And sometimes this is confusing for parents and they don't know how to interpret that. So I'm going to help you as, as the parent determine if your son or daughter has headaches or migraines. The other thing that happens is parents oftentimes will assume that their child complaining of of head pain or their head hurting or feeling off, assume that because they're a child, they're just going to bounce back, that they're resilient, uh, that they'll brush it off, and that this isn't anything that needs to be um, addressed with specific attention, something that can't just be uh, slept off or, you know, drink water, as my mom always used to tell me. And so... That's the other thing I'm going to address is as a parent, how do you approach that? Um, So not just is my son or daughter having headaches or migraines, but how do you approach that? Because typically it is something that needs to be addressed, uh, but is overlooked by the parent. And and not because uh, you don't care about your child or you you don't have concern for their health, but as uh, as parents, sometimes we just assume that uh, because our child's so young, there's no way that they can have uh, something at that young age that, that requires ongoing care or specific attention. So uh, first off, just a few kind of stats. When we look at the course of migraines throughout life, the, mo- it, the most common presentation when we're looking at children is actually before, before puberty begins, the, the boys are going to be more likely to present with migraines than girls. Now that flips at puberty and girls are more likely to present with migraines than boys. And actually, from puberty onward, in late teens and 20s, that's kind of the peak of what we see as like frequency intensity of migraine symptoms, and it's two to three times more likely to present in women. And then after that sort of like peak, and think of it as like childbearing years for these women, um, it, it can kind of plateau. Sometimes we see kind of it, it spike up again in like in, in the late 50s, but um, oftentimes in the like 50s, 60s, the migraines will start to uh, diminish and it won't be as much of a problem. One thing I want to point out is the onset of migraines can be at puberty. So let's say at 10 or 11, and I'm just going to say that because it's two to three times more likely in girls, that if your daughter starts telling you that she has uh, neck pain, headaches, her head hurts, she just feels off, she feels tired, she feels nauseous, things like that, um, around, uh, let's say, 11 or 12, when puberty starts, 
that could be something that if not treated appropriately can last into her 50s and there there will be fluctuations and you know there could be months or years where it's not so bad and then she'll get used to living with it uh and then there there can be months weeks years where it's it's worse and she has to pursue treatments take medication more regularly and oftentimes what that means is missing out on on days of her life and over the course of a lifetime, migraines stick with these patients. And overall, it might be something that they've learned to live with. But the um, the cost associated with that, with even if it's once a month or once every other month, there's, you know, six, 12 or more days within that year that essentially are being lost because of the migraine. And maybe the the patient's able to push through, maybe your child's able to push through the pain, but there's still this sort of personality change. There's this depression, this, you know, nagging pain that's oftentimes chronic that is actually, um, it's affecting the person enough where essentially they're losing that day. They're losing that valuable time with family, meaningful interaction with friends, and uh, just their health is taking a toll because of what chronic pain does to the mind and then and then the effects it has from there. So it's important to understand the, the lifespan of migraines and how that affects a person. Take that to the extreme, and I've worked with people that have debilitating pain enough so that uh, they, they will be needing psychological help. They'll uh, be to the point where it's like, oh my gosh, like life is almost not even worth it. And uh, that gets a little bit scary when we when the chronic pain is is that far down the road of this affects everything so much it's so tiring that life doesn't even seem worth it anymore. And so, as a as a parent, no one wants their child to get to that point. And that's kind of what chronic pain can do for people. Um, and so I say that because as a, as a parent, when this pain starts, you might say, okay, let's let's wait. Let's give it a couple days, see if it goes away. And likely it will go away. But what will also happen is that it will pop back up at some point. And the, the thing I want parents to know is that it's always easier to treat the symptoms early on. And that's true with just about anything. If we can catch it early enough, that's why preventative care is being pushed uh, more than this reactive medication approach. But if we can prevent things from happening, that's far more effective and so if we can't prevent it, let's let's get it right at the onset. Let's cut it off right as it starts. And so I I really enjoy seeing children or, or kids come in the clinic. And obviously, I, I don't want anyone to have headaches and migraines. But what I know is that when I can get your son or daughter in the clinic and, and address the headache or migraine within months or the first couple of years of them presenting with symptoms the chances of them improving is far greater than if we wait 10, 20, 30 years and I finally see them when they're in their 30s, they've taken Excedrin or other migraine medication for decades and they're finally at their wit's end because they're seeing how they need to be a mom to three of their own kids and they're having a hard time managing life. And so 
I get I get very very excited about seeing the the adolescent, the middle school, high schooler who has you know just recently started this process of of having migraines, mainly because I know the impact that it can have on their life as a whole. But oftentimes, what's difficult to get the parents to understand, or even that child, is this isn't something that you'll just grow out of. This isn't something that will just go away. Likely it will stick with you. And so the decision that needs to be made is, do we want to handle this now and address it head on and treat it like something that will take away days of your life? Or do we just want to kind of wait and see if it goes away? And so I highly encourage anyone who uh, is a parent to look for these things in your son and daughter and take them seriously. So a couple of things to look for when you're observing your child. Now, let's say that they're four, five, six years old. I have seen patients this young that require care. They typically will not be specific with how they describe their pain. So you as a parent know your son or daughter, and you have to be aware of how they're acting that day. Now, some things to look for. If your son or daughter has a knack for falling over, for injuring themselves, it's something to note. If they tend to hit their head, if their neck seems to take the brunt of a force, if they're falling down the steps and uh, and you know that their neck probably was affected by that, but they seem to brush it off, uh, just know that even if they don't complain of of pain right away after maybe getting hit in the head or falling or, um, you know, falling on their bike, whatever it may be, just know that that potentially is going to have an effect on their neck, even though they don't describe it right after it happens. The other thing to, to pay attention to is if you're driving somewhere and you get in a car accident and your kids are in the car and, and maybe they're fine, you know, that uh, the ambulance comes and checks everyone out and everyone seems okay. Just know that trauma to the neck from a car accident is something that might not necessarily pop up right away. And so that, again, is kind of a yellow flag for me, is if you you know that your son or daughter has been through a car accident, there could likely be a neck problem that they maybe didn't know how to describe what they were feeling right away. Maybe they just said their neck is kind of sore and it was checked out and everything seemed okay. But what happens is this this process of the neck changing because in in how it moves and over time, there's tension that develops. So oftentimes there is an initial injury that that leads to the neck tightening up. Now, outside of that, we have uh, young people nowadays uh, looking at their phones or uh, maybe it's like video games or iPad or whatever, but the screen time is something else to watch for. So if your son or daughter does spend a lot of time looking at their phone or like watching TV or whatever that may be, the forward head posture looking down position over time can also lead to these types of restrictions that will eventually lead to headaches or migraines. So it's uh, imperative for you as a parent to understand what I'll call these yellow flags, these things that your son or daughter might be affected by and uh, and know that just because they, they might feel okay in that moment or right after that it still might be having effect on their neck. And so if they get to the point where they start having headaches or migraines, they will typically have a a tough time explaining what they're feeling. 
And so they'll just say, you know, I feel off. Maybe their mood will change. Maybe they'll just kind of get quiet. It's not like they'll be sick to their stomach. Maybe they'll be nauseous, but uh, oftentimes they just they just feel different and they want to take a nap. They'll sleep more. And you see these things in adults as well, but adults are just much better at describing and verbalizing what they feel. Um, and so if you see these types of things in your child, maybe they'll say like, my head hurts. And uh, I mean, don't don't just assume like, sometimes the the parent will think, well, you know, my, my child kind of exaggerates. They don't take pain very well. Having pain in the head is not a normal thing for any child, whether they take pain well or not. Um, and so I would, I would take head pain as something that needs to be addressed, that needs to be evaluated. And not because of there's anything like, uh, like dangerous happening, uh, or that would be, you know, vital, but it's, it's this, start an onset of headaches and migraines that's going to affect that could affect them for the rest of their life and if you start to see that just knowing kids that's that's not normal oftentimes kids are going to be more vulnerable to this stuff and a lot of times i'm working with patients in their 30s and 40s and they've had pain uh, since kind of you know adolescence or high school and uh, what happens is you know we have our 10 12 pound head and uh, at a young age, our neck is not necessarily equipped to handle all the all the crazy things we put it through as a child. Um, so all of those like falling down the stairs, taking a spill on our scooter or our bike, um, jumping on the trampoline, uh, you know, tempting a front flip and, and totally messing up. I mean, that stuff plays it. It, it puts a toll on the neck when when we, we have this sort of the weight of a bowling ball on the spine and the spine can't ne- necessarily adjust or accommodate to all the things that we do as a child. And so children can be more susceptible to this. Um, I would argue that most of the people that I see, the tension that presents in their neck is is likely something that started in childhood. And uh, their symptoms may just present later in life. So that's kind of what to look for. Your son or daughter saying they have head pain, just their mood being different, needing to take more naps, saying that they feel off, and know that head pain is not is not a normal thing for kids and should be something that's addressed by by a physical therapist, looking at their neck, seeing seeing what their neck presents like, and then treating that because treating it at a young age is uh, so very important. All right, and then just remember, before puberty, boys are typically are, are more likely to present with headaches or migraines. Um, and then after puberty, it's it's girls. So the reason there, and I'll get into, uh, I'll do a podcast soon on on how hormones affect headaches or migraines. But what we're what we're seeing is that the start of puberty is the fluctuation in estrogen levels. So oftentimes the migraine will be triggered around the time that the menstrual cycle starts or, or around puberty when your daughter is uh, having her period, that estrogen level will drop. And estrogen levels dropping is one of the primary things that's going to affect your body's response to pain. Um, so hormones do play into migraines and how how likely we are to respond to migraines. Uh, there's also studies that look at testosterone in men and say that uh, the testosterone level being higher in men does make them less likely to to respond to a painful stimulus. So understand that when puberty hits, it's not that hormones are 
giving your daughter migraines, as is commonly thought about, but there's a pain signal in her neck that now, since her estrogen levels drop, she is she's feeling that more. And then stay tuned for future episodes when I talk in more detail about hormones and how they will affect, but not necessarily cause, migraines. And so there you have it. What you should look for is to know if your son or daughter is presenting with headaches or migraines. This is the Headache Doctor podcast. Please subscribe and uh, stay tuned for, for more episodes. And then share this with someone who might be struggling with headaches or migraines so that they can also feel empowered. Thanks for listening. Bye.